The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Break. Derek is not here right now, but he might join us later. We're just not meant to have our actual cast. <laughs> it's in been a long, a long now. time. It's been a really at, long time. At least seven weeks. It's, hey, it's okay. I mean, we're making do. We're all right. We still keep the show going and make it happen. It's one constant through the whole thing. <laughs> Well, another thing, it's been a while since we've answered some questions from fans. So if you're listening and you want to hit us up with whatever question you may have about the Cowboys, you can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break and we'll get to it later in the show. But in the meantime, let's start. Phone calls? Are we taking phone calls? Um, I don't know. Let's let's check back in later for okay. that. Let's see how <laughs> maybe, the show goes. Maybe, we'll see. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but yesterday, Randy Gregory started going around Twitter and trending around Twitter and something that's happening there where we don't necessarily have all the facts just yet and what's exactly going on there. But the reports from yesterday was that the Cowboys had offered an extension to Randy Gregory's contract for, I believe, another year, right? And as of right now, where does this whole thing stand? Is this is this true? Well, What's going on here? Well, it's definitely true. They they agreed on a deal. They sent it into the league. The league is now reviewing it, and and usually it's just uh, accepted. It's not a, a you know a big issue. But I think that there are some some things about this um, extension that the NFL obviously has questions about the timing of it. Um, and, and, you know, who it benefits, I guess. Uh, obviously, it's a different situation for a guy that's been, uh, in you know, going in and out of, of the um, – he's had some, some rehab situations. He's been suspended multiple times. He's actually suspended right now. With so, no definition of, like, how yeah. many days or anything just no, yet. There's not a time limit on so, his suspension. So I, I think that, you know, there's, you know, we talked about this just before we went on, that there's a precedent here that the Cowboys have done this before, and, and it definitely benefits them. Um, you know, Randy needs, he needs money. I think that's what it comes down to. They're trying to help him. That's the overall thing here is that they are trying to help this guy. He's going through different centers in and out of them. He has to pay all this on his own. And, and what this does is basically you're buying next year's restricted year and you're giving him a signing bonus right now you you put in 300,000 or so dollars in his pocket now and what that does is it you know it prevents Randy from say getting a big year this year say he does play gets a big year the Cowboys would be forced to give him a probably a one year I mean a first first round round tender. tender Right. It keeps him from being up for renewal as soon as he comes back, basically. They had done this, I, I can think of Lance Dunbar, Phil Costa, Jeremy Parnell. Again, not the same type of player as Randy Gregory. It's a very normal thing to do to a restricted free agent who you're anticipating using. Yeah. Except usually without all the suspensions and the... Right. St- I'll be perfect. Like... I I hate talking about Randy Gregory, and that's like nothing against Randy at all. I like Randy Gregory as a person, but 
his whole career has been kind of like this. Like it's, it's convoluted and there's conversations going on between the league and the Cowboys. I mean, you know, you talk about his suspensions, uh, you know, his visits last year where he had to go to Chicago as part of his treatment. It's, it's always, it's always hard to get to the bottom of it with Randy. And that's not, you know, yeah. like I said, I'm not, not blaming him for that, but it's always tricky with, well, him. we don't talk about the, you know, government in, in Germany because like, we don't know what's going exactly. on. Exactly. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't have what the answer. What a comparison. No. I'm just saying, I don't know. I like the analogy because, yeah. like, anytime Randy Gregory's in the news, I'm, like, looking through the CBA, like, okay, what, what like, is going oh, on? What is, what is this? All right. So. I had to be real vague with you guys because I could have said any other country and you guys would have been like, well, I actually yeah. I do know. I was there I mean, last week and. Angela Merkel, what's up? I know that. I got that going for me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's try to put a little bit more sense. So based on what you said, what you explained, this is actually a good thing or like a smart thing that the Cowboys are doing here because there are a lot of confused fans as to yeah. why the Cowboys would do something like this to a guy that has not been trustworthy or reliable let's yeah, say that's better you know. yeah reliable um reliable on the field you know yeah, right, and, right, and right. just just his availability hasn't been uh, reliable and uh, but the cowboys still want to give him every opportunity to, to succeed they want to help him um and this would be one of those win-win situations it's like listen it's it's like i'll help you uh, we'll help you here. We'll, we'll give you this extension. This will put some money in your pocket right now. Um, it doesn't. It, it also protects us, and, and we don't. We won't pay you a lot next year um, if, if you have this great season. But we're helping you. We're betting on you right now. Um, actually, you know, you could throw Barry Church in there for an, as another. They signed guy. him to an extension while he was coming off a torn Achilles. Right. That's it's right. Like, I'm betting and on you. They got him mm -hmm. at a pretty great yeah. discount. Considering right. you know, yeah, he turned into their starter for however many years. So it, it, it's, it, I, I think it's. So where we stand on it is that the league is reviewing it right now. I think the Cowboys are going to try to fight this thing and try to. They're trying to help him. Um, the league, I, they don't. This is new for them too. You know, yeah. uh, kind of. I mean, just just a guy that's been through this many situations. So they have to figure out what what a suspension is. They well, said he's suspended, right? That's indefinitely. People people keep asking me and again like, you know, I hate talking about it cuz I can't give you a great answer. Like it it's clear, you know, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, like everybody from the top down has expressed at least some level of hope or confidence that maybe Randy Gregory's not done for 2019. Um what that means, I don't know. I chalk it up to you know, every report we've heard is is how hard he's been working to get back. They've gone out of their way to compliment him. You know, they're not really allowed to have contact with him, but they are capable of checking in on him. So every report has been favorable from what I've heard. And then on top of that, it's very obvious. And if you remember last summer when he was first coming back, there were reports about this. The NFL is at least considering changing its stance on how these things work. And I do think there's a lot of credence to the thought that, the worst thing you can do for a guy that needs structure and help to overcome these types of things is to send him away to be by himself. And I think that thought is at least gaining traction in the league office. What that means going forward, who knows? The thing that's really interesting about Gregory is that his whole life seems to be, from, from what we know it, everything about the aspects of his life is, is kind of a, either a contradiction or it's not what you think. Uh, it's like, well, he's available. He's doing great. And all of a sudden now he's not. And he's, you know, there's just this whole status with the league is, is up and down. Watch him as a player. 
Guy comes off the edge, makes a great play. Oh my, he's turning the corner. He's got another sack. He forced a fumble. Penalty. 15 yards penalty, stupid face mask penalty, or hitting the quarterback late, mm-hmm. or lining up offsides, and all that stuff. Then you talk to him, and, you, and like this guy keeps making mistakes. Like, is he really a smart guy? Have you ever had a conversation with He's him? He's a really smart guy. He's a really smart guy. Everything about him in his life on and off the field is is not exactly what you think. And as soon as you think it's one way, it goes another. So it's it's yeah. it's weird. But, you know, that's that's people though. You know, that's, like how many everybody's got like a cousin or a brother that's like. I, he, I thought he had a girlfriend. Didn't he just get a new job and like he he got fired again? I thought yeah. I thought this was it. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought, he was you on, know, yeah. I thought I thought they were gonna get married. And now you're telling, oh crap! Like back at square one with this guy. Like I, everybody knows somebody like that. They're just Shannon. Yeah, that's a good one. You're usually they're usually yeah. not great at sacking the quarterback. Like they're usually not superstar athletes. Yeah, but Randy Gregory is. So all right, well. We'll keep waiting to see if we find and, some things out in the meantime. Yeah, and w- what's <laughs> weird is that there's a that's just one of many situations with the defensive end position. I mean, that you know, yeah. you would think they signed a guy, Robert Quinn, uh, for a one-year deal. We don't need to go into. Uh, we could well, have this. Derek's, not, Derek's Derek. not here to call Demarcus a bad player today, yeah. so we don't have to fight about it. Yeah, Derek's going to hear this. Caught wind of that? You probably saw. On I Twitter. watched. I watched the show after what seeing did, all the. Twitter. What did you think about that? I was with you guys. Yeah. You were on the side of common be, sense. I good, would have loved to be to with, in here while that was happening. With you know, Brian in here and Derek in here. Brian was just they like were making that, no that, sense. Brian was uh, that cook that's making like chili. You know, he just. No, just he there. loves doing that's that. That's what Brian does. Like, right. Brian will, like, if he thinks it'll make. Sign him. Yeah, wait. Sign him. If you, if you like him, then sign him for 43 million. It was a good show. It was a good radio. It was a good show. Derek's going to listen to this in three hours and, like, come to my desk and be like, I did not say he's a bad player. He might come Just over. said Quinn's just as good as he is. Was that the same kind of level of, of intensity he had with the hot dog or a hamburger as, yeah. a, as oh my a sandwich? God. We don't need to do that. But, uh-huh. yes, he was animated. He. Derek likes to argue. Like he really, really likes to argue. So, well, let's be transition surprising. into okay. something else. Okay. Um, obviously, free agency. Technically, I mean, it's not really over. There are still free agents. Player acquisitions, three hundred sixty-five days a year. Exactly. Amber, exactly. It's so, dying down but we are it's starting to transition downturn. into the draft and more draft stuff. Uh, the thirty visits started. So, wanted to get a little bit into that and some of the guys that the Cowboys have brought in here. Any name that seems attractive to you? Obviously, this is on the second day of the draft, so the names are not as flashy. But with that being said, are there some of those guys that kind of caught your eye? I had an hour and a half. um, We all had a mandatory, Dave, uh, hour and a half training session on safety. My bad. uh, Here, (laughs) which was ironic because the Cowboys have a lot of safeties. They sure do. Waiting for Kent's, like, I'll be, you know, the drop. Drum. Yeah, it was pretty bad. What's anyway, drop? Anyways, it, <laughs> what's drop? I'm, I'm trying to do about 12 things here. Yeah, I literally. <laughs> no, sorry. It's okay. You're good. No, it was it was a really bad joke, and I was it anticipating. Wasn't, it wasn't great. I was All right, give me a name. Give me a name. Uh, and right why? Here, Jonathan Abram is right Rock here Hill. on the cover. I uh, know you're hungry, Kent. Just hold on. Shows over at twelve. Yeah, we look yeah. really, we look pretty smart with uh, the guy we put front and center on this magazine this year. Yeah, Jonathan. Jonathan Apron is a. I actually have seen him play a game, uh, one game this year, and he was wrecking the whole first quarter. And I was like, man, 
that's a guy the Cowboys need. And then you guys have been all over the draft show, and you watch every player from here to Saginaw Valley State. And so Jonathan Abrams, a guy you like, stands out. You don't think he'll be there 58th? Yeah, well, so, I mean, you know, I don't want to read off the whole list on the show. You can go plenty of places to find it if you want to look. But they are clearly focusing on safety. I think they've got as many as, like, six guys coming in. Uh, defensive line is another spot. Uh, and like that's so you get 30 of these. you can bring 30 guys in from around the country to meet your coaching staff you know work on the whiteboard meet everybody tour the facility stay in the hotel across the street for the night um so six safeties i think six or seven defensive linemen like that's and and the cowboys haven't really hid that like that's been their focus they've said yeah. it that's kind of what we're looking at. If you look at what they've done in free agency, that makes the most sense. You know, what's what's the status of DeMarcus Lawrence? What's the status of Randy Gregory? None of these defensive tackles really are here for the long term. And then the same thing with your safeties. Uh, you know, Jeff Heath's coming up in a contract year. George Iloka's on a one-year deal. Uh, and you would like to potentially improve the talent level. So those are, those are two spots that I think are really intriguing. Um, Abrams here. Taylor Rapp from Washington is also here. I would be pretty surprised if either of those fell all the way to number 58. That's that's the tricky thing. What is. about Juan? Juan Thornhill? He's yeah. another guy. Uh, that's a little more realistic, I think. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Is he? Now I'm, I'm doubting. He's a visit. He is yeah, a, he's he was a visit. A visit. Um, another guy that I think could be there. The tricky thing is, obviously, you're you're picking six spots away from the start of the third round. So it's not even like you're at the top of the second. So... Brian, a favorite Brian Broaddus catchphrase is they're just at the mercy of the board. Like you just, <laughs> you just got to see, just going to have to see who's there. Um, my favorite player in this whole draft, Debo Samuel was here. That's yeah. really exciting. I, I honestly think that, you know, the, what, what they've done in free agency is, is really good. I mean, this is what you're supposed to do in free agency. You're supposed to cover your bases. And I think they've done even better than that of adding some players in that are, that are, that can start for you. You don't have to draft a safety. You don't have to. Yeah, I actually no. I'm I'm completely with you. I I did this chart yesterday. It's pinned on my Twitter profile. I just went down. You know the eleven positions on a team. You know, is this a is this a Cowboys draft need? Why or why not? And like you can make a convincing argument why every position is not is that a like need. a column coming on DallasCowboys.com. Could be, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I that. feel like I've written about it on the website before, but yeah, I mean, probably tweeted about it before. Yeah, I do that too. You know, there's many ways yeah. to to put out content these I days. I like that. But so, is it a need or not? You you can make a convincing argument why every position is not a need. Safety, you bring in Iloka, who's a six year starter. Uh, spare me your Heath hate, but he's still there. So you've got three experienced starters at safety defensive tackle. As much as you would like to upgrade the depth there, you've got four experienced starters. You've got Kerry Hyder and Christian Covington to back up Antoine Woods and Malik Collins defensive. And, end. and that's, and that's not to say that Tyrone Crawford might right. end Tyrone, up there. Well, and you know, we've said it a million times. He doesn't do it, but Ty, uh, taco could probably do it too in a pinch. Yeah. And, Signing Quinn gives you four guys, and you don't feel great about it if Demarcus Lawrence isn't there. But you've got four guys, yeah. and hopefully five, maybe six, if Randy comes back. Tight end, you—I mean, don't get me wrong. There's so many tight ends in this class that I'd love to have on this team, but are they? How much playing time are they going to get behind the three guys you have here? Especially Jason Witten. I mean, how much is he really yeah. coming off the field? So, receiver, you brought in Cobb to go with all the guys you already have here, like. 
I think they've done a very, very good job of covering themselves. I, th- I think the one position that I, I just think that you have to draft is running back. You're right. That mm-hmm. is, you're right. You that have is to draft a backup running back. That is the one spot where you're like, yeah, they need to do. And 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 it's good. They've, they they've brought said like as much. two guys or yeah. There's many. I think there's three backs on the list. Yeah, I mean, which. You know, it's funny to think like their biggest need is a spot that I would bet twenty bucks they're not going to address until the third day. Yeah, like they're not going after a running back. Their biggest the need round. involves a, a position that has arguably, yeah, arguably the best player the in best the NFL. Player. And the other thing, that I think we brought this up last week, is Jerry Jones said this at the owners' meetings. If they don't get a guy they love in the draft, or maybe even if they do, there's still several good free agents out there. Like, it just goes to show, mm-hmm. you know, we thought running back was making all this progress, and it's like Todd Gurley got hurt, and now everybody's afraid of him again. TJ Yeldon's still out there. It's uh, CJ Anderson just signed, just like it just happened. So uh, there's a couple more veterans that are still out there as well. So. I'm very confident they're going to... You want to trade for one, or I don't know if we can talk about that. Depends on the... Pro- well, I mean, well, that's always the fun gray area. I know, you know, the the rumor coming out of Cleveland is that the Browns want to deal Duke Johnson. Um, he would very much... he w- Oh, he would be a lot of fun to have as a backup here. He can catch the ball. He runs routes. He's obviously a capable runner. I wonder about the cost, though, because you're trading for him. I'm one, I mean, maybe you could do it for a 2020 pick, but even then, he's got three years left on a, you know, I think average of $5 million a year. You pay him $2 million this year, and then it escalates like three next year, three and a half the year after that, which not a huge salary, but yeah. when you consider that a guy you draft would be paying, you'd be paying him 600000 I think I'd rather just draft I think, a guy. I think we're at this point, you, you said it about the free agency being over it's never over but but it it gets to a point and, and i didn't know if it was this early before draft but it gets to a point where you're like all right you're not gonna do anything else because right. we want to wait and see what we get out of this right and then then it'll pick back up again I bet, yeah they'll probably sign a couple more guys but it'll be when the draft's over because yeah i mean the visitors are here uh the you know you still got to do dallas day which is when you bring in all the local kids that should be coming up soon this guy's just staring at me here this elijah holyfield <laughs> Like, you you like him? I do, and maybe I'm just enamored. If his name was Elijah Jones and his dad just was or, well, but his dad forget was a that. heavyweight champion boxer of the world. He played on. Holyfield. He played for Georgia. They've been one of the best programs in college football the last two or three years. He kind of, he kind of runs like Zeke. Like he now this four seven eight for his forty time is obviously not great. Lower, like four eight four okay. nine. I'm just I, saying. I, I know. I don't want him running forty yards. I want him running like six yards. Yeah, and but. I think I think a guy like that in the mid rounds will be good. It may not be him. It'll be somebody with with a little bit more. I speed. say that. I mean, who cares? Like, how often do you see NFL running backs run forty yards at a time? Like, what's the ten yard split? Like, can he get through the hole? Right. Can he hit? Can he hit the split in like one point five? Is or? he going to carry a couple guys with him? Yeah. Then Which, again, oh. we saw one of the. Are you talking about from a physique standpoint? We saw one of the the best they've ever had in a seventh round pick last year, and he he's not in the league. Bo Scarborough. Oh yeah, you're right. So which that was sad. But his dad's not a heavyweight boxer. That's I really I look at the fourth round as yeah you, the sweet spot because you know you draft you you go any later you're talking about Bo Scarborough you're talking about Darius Jackson which you know big fan of Darius Jackson but he's had six carries in the NFL in three years but they've got two picks in the fourth round uh, you know you think about uh, Holyfield um, Justice Hill. 
think there's two kids coming out of Memphis that I'm drawing a blank on their name right now who are both really good. Going to my draft guide. Yeah. That, which you, Star you Magazine. can get on newsstands and on the internet like starting this week, right? I think, yeah, starting today. Daryl Henderson's the guy. Daryl Henderson, really good player. Um, I said Justice Hill out of Oklahoma State. You yeah. know, he ran the fastest combine at the uh, – <laughs> fastest combine. Fastest 40 <laughs> at the combine. So two picks in the fourth round. Um, that's where I'm looking if I'm the Dallas Cowboys. And I think you could find a really capable backup in there. Okay. All right. Well, let's take our uh, quick break and we'll be right back and we'll keep talking about some of these guys and then transition to Jason. Nice. Kaboo, Texas is three days, six stages, over 100 artists, including the killers, Lionel Richie, Leonard Skinner, Ms. Lauren Hill, Kid Rock, Alanis Morissette, Little Big Town, the Eight Vet Brothers, Counting Crows, Pitbull, Sting, the Black Eyed Peas, and the list goes on. Don't miss Kaboo, Texas. Single day and three day passes are on sale now. Visit KAABOOTexas.com to get your passes today. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract, just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVnow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk ex- and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. All right, welcome back. This is the second segment of the break. And here's a question from Twitter since we're still in the topic of the draft and some options there. If either of these safeties fall into the second round, do you think the Cowboys will trade up for Abram or Rap? I would never count out the possibility of the Cowboys trading. Um, I think it would depend on how far they have to go and whether they're comfortable. You know, unless you know, unless you're talking about only moving four or five spots, you probably have to trade your third round pick. So, you know, which to the point we made in the first segment, like. They've done a pretty good job of handling 
their needs. So, you yeah. know, if you're like, you know, let's say, you know, we can get Jonathan Abram if we trade our third round pick and we've got, we've got our starting safety duo for the next, you know, at least two, if not more years. And, and this guy's going to be, you know, playing for us for a decade, then I, I would do it for sure. Um, because there just aren't that many positions where when you're picking at 90, where I feel confident that, that this guy's going to be a hit, you know? Uh, so I would do it. I don't know if they would do it, but you know, for everybody that's asking that, get comfortable with the thought that it would cost your third round pick to do it. Yeah, I, I think that if you know, by sitting around all day and in, in, in the first day of the draft and not not being able to do anything uh, and watching Amari Cooper highlights, as Stephen Jones said they would do. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that you have a better chance of of thinking they'll move back than the move up. I, I just I just think that they're going to try to collect some picks. So if, if there's somebody that they're not like in love with at the 58 spot, I could see them maybe trying to move back, but I mean, then, then you would move out of the round or you could, there could be, there could be five guys that they feel good about. And you're like, well, maybe we can trade back. And, and one yeah. of those guys will still be there when we pick at yeah. 65 instead of 58. Because what you just said about, you don't think there's a huge difference maker there at 90. So you would, be Which, okay, maybe. I mean, there's yeah, tip, typically not. Yes, Jason Witten was picked in third round, but oh uh, well. I mean, you know, Michael Gallup was pick eighty one, but and you know, I always say like you want your top one hundred. Anybody you take in the top one hundred, you're hoping can play a role for you in their rookie year. But feel better about a guy you're trading up to forty five, yeah, than a guy you're drafting at ninety. But that being said, the guy at forty five, you would rather just probably have your second and third round pick than to, than to you yeah. know. I mean. Which, which, you know what? I remember, I remember the Demarcus Lawrence trade was similar to that because they moved up to thirty-four. I don't remember where they were. They were at forty-seven. 47. They okay. went thirteen spots. And you know, you moved up, you moved up to get Demarcus Lawrence, and and they had to, you didn't have your third-round pick. Same type of scenario. And then there was a good guard from LSU, maybe that was Trey Turner sitting yeah. in the third round. And you're like, oh, that's a good idea. And after a couple of years, you're like, this really wasn't a great pick. <laughs> and then two or three years later, it's like it was a great pick. And then now maybe it's not. Is well, oh, I'm just kidding. There's two guys from the 2014 draft still on this team, and they're both all pros. So I mean, it worked out. It took Demarcus a little bit longer than Zach. I think Zach kind of got there faster than everybody ever. Yeah, but I, that's tricky. I mean, you like, yeah. Would you rather have, you know, Zach Allen and um, I'm gonna Zach Allen and McCole Hardman from Georgia, mm-hmm. Mecole, mm-hmm. or yeah, or Jonathan Abram, you know. I, I don't know. I just saw Meek Ol Hardman in his four. He's four, fast. Three, three. He's, he would be your guy. He yeah. would be your speed guy. For he was sure. staring at you too. No, I was staring <laughs> at him actually. When I, I watched the championship game two years ago, and it was Alabama, and he, I think he went for an eighty yarder, and then he had another touchdown in the game too. I'm like, he's fast. Who's this guy? He's super fast. What's his deal? We can't catch what? Uh, his his route tree. I don't think he's super polished. I, I mean. I mean, and that's he's he's kind of Tavon Austiny to me, you know. Which you know that speed can make a difference. Sure. I, don't, I just don't know how polished he is. That's just me, though. I'm not, you know. Brian's the scout. Yeah, that's just my opinion. 
All right. Anything else y'all want to say before we change the topic? No. Sorry. I mean, cut us off. Whatever. What are we going to? I'll talk. I'll talk as little <laughs> no, or as I, much as I you want to. I know sometimes you have something on your mind. So well, today's I'm... Wednesday. Obviously, tomorrow is Thursday, which okay. is another episode of the draft show. True. But right. We'll be right. able to. Come, you can go to the website. I think later today we'll we'll be able to have a link for you that you can go and purchase this magazine. I tell you, a lot what, of good information. A lot of stuff. There. A lot of guys. I don't even want to put a number on it, but it's probably over at least three hundred guys yeah. that are that are listed in here with with some detailed profiles on a, on about 150 170 I think guys that Brian really spent a lot of time the work the at. work that he puts into the draft process is uh it's unbelievable yeah and and I think this cover is amazing and we we did a nice job with this cover so um probably two guys on here that have a real good shot maybe three uh when you talk about Jonathan Abram um Allen. There's a few guys on there that that have a shot. Who's Allen? Allen from uh, Boston, Boston College. College. Yeah. Um, you know, Travion Williams Travion is a Williams. guy to watch. Maybe Ed Oliver if he falls. I mean, yeah. Jeez, <laughs> no. that would be a hell of a fall. Yeah. You might have to wear a gas mask on draft night to have that happen. <laughs> God. Jalen Jalen Hurd is a guy. I you know I haven't heard a lot of smoke about him from the you know you kind of. A lot of these names kind of get linked to the Cowboys. I haven't heard anything linking Jalen Hurd to the Cowboys, but I'm a big fan of his game. You he never know what could happen. He was the Tennessee. he was the running back that Alvin like he oh, Alvin yeah. Kamara couldn't get on the field because of him, and then he wound up playing slot receiver at Baylor. So he's this sucks. I watch. I'm just watching, <laughs> and I see all these guys just so young, you know. And it reminds me of every time I just. <laughs> I would say, oh, they just keep getting younger, but no, I just keep getting Stop freaking it. Wow. older. You're like, it. It's weird. Stop, no. no, it's weird. It's You're... weird that now well, why does that have to do with I came in at their same age, and now they're all like way younger than me. What does that have to do with anything, though? Uh, it just has a baby face. He You're has like a baby face. 26 years old. Nobody's impressed. You're not old at all. All right. Well, Jason Witten. He's old. Jason <laughs> he, old. He's getting up there. He no offense, he man. got inducted no into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, and he got the chance to talk to the media for the first time since he got since he retired. Yeah, all that jazz that happened. Um, anyways, he seems pretty excited. Very, very excited. Got a post on Instagram and Twitter and of, of his helmet and his jersey in the locker room. And we've already discussed our expectations for him this year of coming back after a year of not playing football. But there was something that he said that was interesting to me. The whole experience of him watching the game from the booth and just seeing the whole game from a whole another perspective. Do you guys think that... Him having the opportunity to to experience that and learn from that would give him some kind of different knowledge or advantage that he can apply into the game. Um, I don't know about that part. I don't know if that if that's the thing. What I do what I do buy into is that him be him seeing it from another perspective and really just missing what he's used to. And, and I did have a conversation with him. It was very one sided. I didn't get a lot of words in. He was he was. He was going, and he was talking a lot about his whole time at, at ESPN. And basically what I took from that was when the game was over, he told me a story. The very first game he did was over. He was like, that's it? Like, what What? What? What now? And they're like, well, you just go home and go to the next game. 
next week. He was just, it, it just didn't, it, he wasn't fulfilled. He, he, he didn't get hit in the face and he didn't get to hit anyone. He, it just wasn't his thing. And uh, he was, uh, he just, you could tell that he wasn't ready to, to give it up. So to come back, I think that, w- w- I don't know if it's a different perspective, but I just think that it, it, he's got this renewed energy. Um, and, and I think he will have to change his mindset a little bit. I mean, this whole coming off the field stuff and, what kind of leadership he is. You know, when you leave for a year and you come back, it won't be the same. And I think he knows that. I really do. I, I think he knows that he's not maybe one of the leader leaders of this team. I'll be, I, you know, it's, I, you don't want to read too much into it. If you saw, you mentioned it, the video he posted, uh, you know, he walked into the locker room and was like, let's do it, which is funny because <laughs> he was back here. He was in the building like a day after all that happened. Like I remember we were in Indy for the combine and they announced he was coming back on a Thursday. I came back into work on like a Wednesday and you know, he was in his sweatsuit with his backwards hat. And I was like, like it was like he never left. Like he did not waste any time getting back into the flow of it. So you can tell he's excited, but he posts this video. And if you look, his locker is in between two other lockers, which if you know the layout of the Cowboys locker room, that's not the way it used to be. He was the last, you know, Jason Garrett loves to put his leaders at focal points of the locker room. So like your pro bowlers are either at the end. So you have to walk past them to come into the locker room. You know, Sean Lee and Demarcus Lawrence are at one end. Travis Frederick and Tyron Smith are at the other end. And then in the middle, you know, by the showers, you you had Jason Witten, you had um, Dan Bailey for a while, R.I.P. Romo. Uh, Romo. To, well, way back in the Valley Ranch days, yeah, Romo. I, I guess he had a locker here in he 2016. Did. It doesn't yeah. feel like it at this Never point. Was but, in it, yeah. Uh, Dak and Zeke sit in the middle of the locker room, so you have to be near them if you're going by the showers or whatever. Anyway, Witten sat right there by the shower, and when he left, they made a big deal of giving his locker to Zach Martin. And you're not going to take that away from Zach Martin. I mean, he's definitely in the conversation. You for, leave, you lose your they seat. They left the locker empty for like at least nine or ten weeks of the season, though. Well, no, they left it empty. They left it empty for the off-season program, and then when the you know when the team got back from Oxnard, I think that's when Zach moved over there. But either it was way, a while it wasn't like the this, next day. No, I know it wasn't. Where's this spot? I don't know, but if you go look at you know it's it's an Instagram video or a Twitter video, whatever, and you can just tell that. It's his locker is in between two lockers, which was not the case with his old locker. And I was like, well, that's kind of telling that, you know, it's not exactly the same because if it was exactly the same, they would have put him right back in his old spot where he always sat and they didn't do that. And and part of that is stemmed from Valley Ranch, just from a simple standpoint of when the media is is around them at their locker, because we don't do the podium here, um, that it's just easier for the media to kind of be around like the edges. Yeah. Uh, and, but now it doesn't really feel the same. It's actually harder to do that with, you know, Deshaun Lee and DeMarcus. I know Des had to have a spot like that. Des used to sit, Yeah. They moved DeMarcus into Des's spot. So it's fun to see how that changes. But again, you know, maybe they'll, you know, just cause that's where Witten's locker was in an Instagram video on March yeah. 25th. Doesn't mean that's where it'll be. But I did think that was interesting because how are you going to ask Zach Martin to move, Mr. Five-Time All-Pro? Okay, I'm drawing guard in the blank game. right now. Who sits um, where Roma was, Dan Bailey? I don't know. Over I, on that, like, is it LP? It might be LP. Yeah, I, I'm drawing right a blank. Right by the shower, like I'm, that corner. I'm drawing a blank because whoever it is, he's not a guy that talks to the media. I, yeah, which, I, I cannot remember. I don't either. I don't, I don't think it was LP. I don't I think don't, it's LP either. LP was in the middle. Yeah. It, might be, uh, it might be Chris Jones. Chris Jones sits over there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. 
I'll, when I go in the <laughs> locker room next time, which will be in like a month, you know, I'll this let is you know. very important talk. Yeah. Where are these players? Okay. <laughs> We're peeling the curtain back right now. Okay, people want to hear this stuff. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Where are we even? I so yeah. Witten is he going to be the Witten. same? I think I I want. I mean, I don't think it's going to well, be completely the same. Well, he so confident and also saying, you know, there. Are, I understand there are doubter doubters out there that are going to, you know, doubt his comeback and all that. But the way he expressed himself was basically like, I'm. The tape is going to show the real thing. I don't you doubt. Can watch it. I don't doubt his ability to come back at all. I doubt how different it's going to be, and that's even if he's in a new locker or whatever. I mean, I just you know Jerry Jones said it. I got to see to believe that he's going to be part of this platoon with two guys that have like twenty five career catches. Like, well, I just don't. I got to see it. I just have to. Well, because, and all the players respect him just as much. I mean, sure. that hasn't gone away, so there's going to be still that level of respect. Let's, and let's be honest, too. It's not like he was keeping a these great players down by being on the field all the time. Now, you can say Martellus Bennett was pretty good. And that was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. But, but, and he made a Pro Bowl or two or whatever, and Jason made about six or seven more. But I, I don't think there's been any other tight ends that he's like, oh. So I mean, it's it, definitely a narrative. You know, Fasano, Martellus. Sure. Uh, there was one more, wasn't there? Mike Gavin. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's been a while since, yeah. like, a truly great tight – since a guy went on to be better at his next team after not making yeah. it here. Like, if, it's if, been a while since that Bla- happened. I think if Blake Jarwin and and or Schultz are, you know, worthy of, of, of playing as much or if not more than Witten, then – then I would imagine the Cowboys would, would make that change and, and, and do that. I mean, these coaches, as Brian Broaddus would say, these coaches are coaching for their lives here. This is this is a – I mean, this is their their shot. And, and I don't think that you can't sit there and go, well, nah, I can't, I can't tell Witten to get off the field. Well, you know, the owner's going to tell you to get to, to leave if, if this thing doesn't go in deep Then you kind of lose that right after you decide to retire. You, so. you do. You do. I mean, no, that's fair. I still, I, whether he's better or because he's Jason Witten, whatever, if I set the over-under for, for his offensive snaps, like next January the, the or, or February, sorry, whatever, mm-hmm. whenever the season ends, season in review booklet comes out, I set I'm setting the over under for snap count like eighty three point five percent of the snaps. You taking the over or the under? Eighty three point five. And I'm being <sighs> generous because his He's numbers usually ninety. He's yeah, never been ninety five. Yeah. If I set it at eighty three and a half, where you I'm taking the over all day. All day. Probably. I'd probably t- I'd take the over if you set it at ninety, honestly. Yeah, I w- yeah. That's just, a good question. I think it's in the eighties. I would take the. I would definitely take the under if it was in the nineties. But but eighty. I don't know. I can't sit sit here and think it's in the seventies. I can't either. That's, and maybe it will be. I don't know. But I just I have to see that before I believe it's going to happen. Okay. Training camp is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> just to watch him come back and after a whole year of not playing football, right. who knows how much he was training during there's, the offseason. There's no doubt about him. Not during the offseason, but he during will, his he time will away. be ready. Like there's no doubt. About oh yeah, for sure. Ready. All right, but before we take a break, I'll give a little teaser for you guys. Ooh. The kicker. What's up with this position? People, you know, some people tend to forget, some others not. They will remind you on Twitter, like, what's up with the kicker position? Brett Maher and all that jazz. So when we come back, we'll dig into that whole topic. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. 
That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. All right, welcome back. We've basically talked about every position of need and not of need for the Cowboys. So, what's up with the kicker? That is one that we haven't really discussed. Is this still a position of need that you see that the Cowboys should address through the draft or somehow? Man, I, I'm reluctant to comment because la- this time last year, I was like, shut up about getting rid of Dan Bailey. Like, stop. Okay, he struggled down the stretch. Whatever. He'll be here. Nope. Never, you, like, you learned some valuable lessons the last couple of years covering this team. Like, you can't really bount, count on anything to last longer than the we're, next six months. We're going to mm-hmm. watch the practices and yeah. we're going to watch the the kicking attempts and uh, practice this yeah. year at training camp we'll definitely pay attention well, to I have, okay. <laughs> I have a couple I have a couple of thoughts one I just have this feeling that Jason Garrett and and the and then by proxy the front office like they have more faith in good Brett Maher than the Brad bad Brett Maher like we, we he was brilliant at times last year he had struggles he was inconsistent especially down the stretch of the season I just feel like they have more faith in him than the average fan or media member does. One. Two, this team has found great players without using draft capital at the kicker position. Dan Bailey was undrafted. Brett Maher was undrafted. 
that covers like the last decade of cowboy kickers. I'm waiting. The only drafted quick kicker that I can think of was David Beeler, and he really wasn't that good. Where did where did Folk, Folk was somebody else's no, draft you're right. pick? Folk was drafted like sixth round by, but not by the Cowboys. Yeah, by oh, the by Cowboys. the Cowboys. Yeah, for some reason I thought he was drafted by the Jets. No, he went to the Jets after. Yeah, he was drafted by the Cowboys. You're right. But either I mean, okay. So even if you're talking about drafting one, I mean, the last kicker that was drafted high was Aguayo, and that was a miserable failure. Yeah, it just Janikowski was. I mean, he he was pretty damn good, but so the expectation here is that. Definitely, they're bringing somebody They'll to bring, add a competition yeah. and all that stuff. I'd practice at training be, camp. I but. would be fairly surprised if they draft a kicker. Uh, there's only two that are worth it, probably. Uh, Siebert out of Oklahoma and then Cole Tracy out of LSU. I would be pretty surprised, especially like you've only got six picks as it stands right mm-hmm. now. I would be surprised if they spent one of those on a kicker. There will assuredly be a guy here. Yeah. in training camp. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't draft one because because Brett Maher like you said there's good there's there's some shaky moments for sure but I think you're bringing a guy in you're finding a guy that wasn't drafted and you're you're going to see if he's better. And he might be. He might outperform him at camp, but I don't think it's worth a pick to do that. Because if you are going to make a pick, then you're making that decision right now. Like if if you're a team like let's say the Bears that obviously let go of their kicker and their season ended because miss miss kicks, then yeah, you draft a guy and that's that's the kicker. But I don't think you would even draft one and he would be better. The word when the word that came out after they cut Dan Bailey, you know, you have conversations and you know whispers start to get around. Is like they were worried about his mindset, they were worried about his confidence. Felt like he was out of his routine. Felt like you know. He didn't have that belief that you would prefer a kicker to have. And everything I've ever heard Jason Garrett say about Brett Maher is he's the exact opposite. Like I, he, he missed like a long kick in a game. I don't remember, you know, I don't remember which game right now, but you know, I heard somebody say after the game, he was just like right back at it. Like I'll drill it from 62. If you give me another shot, like get me back on the field, I'll do it. And I yep. think his belief and his, you know, to borrow a word from Garrett process, I think they have a lot of confidence in him and belief that he can do it, that they lost with Dan Bailey toward the end of his time here. And I think that counts for a lot with them. Like, so I, I think there's more belief on their part in Brett Maher than, like I said, than we, or maybe the fans have. Here are some of the concerns that I have though, is that um, the, the 59 and 62 yard field goals that, that almost hurts them. I mean, it almost hurts the, the, the situation because those aren't normal. It has to be the end of the half or whatever, and, and yeah, you can try it. But for the most part, you're not trying a field goal like that. I want to know what he can do between thirty and forty. Well, that's the extra mean, point. The joke. The joke is that he'll just nail it from sixty-two, but miss from thirty-eight. Right. Which that's scary. So I get it. I'm. I'm. You know. I understand people's concerns. I would like him to have some healthy competition in training camp, but just. The nature of the position, I would be surprised if because how, like you you see a kicker get drafted like once every other year mm-hmm. or you know once a draft like it just doesn't happen that often. So, I think they'll just find a guy in college in you know undrafted free agency to come in and and compete with him. And the, and and then it'll probably be a guy that does some punting. Yeah, it'll uh, that that can punt some and kick. That can you can have one extra guy that can help Chris Jones. It can also help. Uh, Maher, he can kick off some. So 
But that's kind of the way Maher was. He was just a guy that could do a little bit of everything. Well, for, and the next yeah. thing you know, for five years, we were just like, okay, this is the guy that's yeah. going to spell Dan Bailey every other day. And like nobody, yeah. literally nobody realized, I don't think they didn't even realize that he might take his job. So it's just something we're going to have to pay closer attention to this year. I, and, that, and I like that from, from the standpoint of, of training camp and you know, sometimes you, you go out there. We've been going there for many years, and it, it's a it's routine. It, yes, it's it's different players, but it's it's a routine. We sit same spot. We you know the weather's about the same. It's always sunny, and it's always about the same. And then we, we kind of just think, oh, here's the guy that's gonna kick yeah. a little bit, and we don't even need to know his name. That's not happening this year with I, that I remember, position and other positions. Yeah, I remember I watched him last year at training camp, and, I, and he missed a few, and I was like, oh, this guy sucks. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> Dan Bailey, he's going to be fine. Because the kicker position, it's I, I like the kicker position. Yeah. And obviously, I'm a, I, I guess I, I'm still am a fan of Dan Bailey. Yeah. I, I still have his poster up there on my <laughs> desk. Maybe should replace it, but... Um, no. I remember watching it. Here's, here's here's also a difference too from last year to this year. When he got the job, what was the number one question that we had about this guy? Oh God, I don't I don't remember. You set me up to fail here. What? What? Well, how do you say his name? Who oh, are you? Yeah. Oh. No one even knew how to say his Maher. name. It's Maher. It's Maher. It's it's Maher. I, I no one it, knew. I just assumed that was silent. <laughs> that won't happen this year. Like whoever it is, it, and that, my point is, is we didn't even get to know his name. We didn't care. Shout out all my Nebraska Cowboy fans that knew, but nobody else did. Yeah. Maher. Ma, ma. I thought it was Mar. I just thought yeah, the H was Mar. Yeah. But my expectation, my personal expectations are that whoever comes in here and at practice and all that, it's still not going to be someone that would win the job over him. Right. So the fans should most likely expect. I, I well, to be no, back. What we, that just contradicts everything we just said. Well, I'm not expecting no, anything. No, no. Okay. I, I you never would, know what can happen. Clearly, yeah. what happened with Dan Bailey is a clear example of. Brett Maher had he was brilliant at times last year, and if he's the guy, that's fine. But I'm not going to take. It. I'm not going to assume anything. I am. Why? We just <laughs> had this conversation. Like it's literal. I mean, you're only as good as your last kick. Training. I mean, if Ben, if Dan Bailey can get the axe, then Brett Maher definitely can. Yep. We'll see, I guess. And th- they have uh, a good team that do a good job of picking kickers and guys mm-hmm. on that position yeah. and guys yeah. I care. But all right, we'll see what happens there. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to expect at this point. You I, could I, just confuse me. No, I, I agree with Dave. I mean, <laughs> it's I, just a mix. I think the difference is that you're going to see is, um, you know, ba- Bailey didn't want to kick a lot in the preseason. If the operation isn't normal for him, if it's not LP to Chris Jones and then the kick, he didn't want to do it. And for different reasons why you have to, to play the, the the different alignments, special yeah. teams, uh, first team, second team, and all that stuff. So uh, all that jazz. So, you know, he didn't get to kick as much it, it, with, with the first team guys. And so it, it rattled Dan. I don't think that I don't think Maher he's kicked in the CFL Saskatchewan he doesn't really care I think he'll be fine and so I think he's going to take all the kicks that that he can until they decide they want to get another kicker in there so he's going to have every opportunity to win or lose this job yeah and the reason why I really said 
that my expectations would be for him to most likely keep his job is because of what you said about Garrett and what they like about his mentality. And a lot of the things that we've seen from this team is that when they have a guy that they like their mentality and stuff, they will back that guy up no matter what. To be clear, I think Brett Maher will be the kicker when week one finally kicks off. But I'm not going to go into training camp assuming anything after what happened last year. Yep. Exactly. Okay. This is a question from Brian Hernandez. Is there any chance at all that the Cowboys talk to Cleveland about Duke Johnson? We kind of mentioned that in the first segment. Yeah. Kind of what Nick said at the top is at this point, the draft is three weeks away. And so I think it's all hands on deck trying to make sure your draft strategy is implemented. They've done enough that they feel good about everything. You know, if, if the draft doesn't go your way, Maybe you revisit that, um, or, or like I said, you know, there's there's some veterans in free agency that you can acquire. I'd be surprised if they did that right now. You know what what could happen too is is you get to the fourth or fifth round, and you're like you haven't got the running back that you want. It's true. They and, swapped Switzer for Tavon, on and that's day three where you last say, year. hey, you know, we know what Cleveland probably would like to have the pick here, and definitely you know to trade their guy is these guys that we're about to, to pick from. Would this guy help us more? And obviously, it'd be more expensive. But you know, is it worth it to, to do that route? So I, I could see it being maybe a draft day thing. Um, I think they've got they've got a small number of targets that they feel really good about, and I think they're going to focus on that until something changes. That's my guess. And you could do the you could do the Duke Johnson deal when the draft's over. I mean, you know, if. You know, Cleveland's got Chubb, and at some point they'll have Kareem Hunt. And if, I mean, if they're hell bent on dealing him, I think they would do it for a 2020 pick the same way the Dolphins did. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a fun little question Which side of the ball do you expect to take the biggest jump this season, given the recent additions or returns? You got Quinn, Law, Demarcus Lawrence, Lane Vanderesh, Smith. With a full season, could be legendary, but we also have Amari Cooper, Cobb, Dak, and possibly the return of Frederick, him doing well back in the mix. And Witten. It had well and Witten, that's another one. It had better be the offense. Because the offense was bad last year. And the offense is getting an all pro center back. We'll just we'll assume Travis Frederick is is Travis Frederick, you know. A lot to yeah. still do there, but you're getting Travis Frederick back on that offensive line. You're adding Randall Cobb, who I think can significantly upgrade your slot production. No offense to Cole Beasley. Uh, another year of Amari Cooper. He'll be at training camp this time. Um, you will One way or another, you'll have a better backup running back, I think, than what you've had the last couple years. And that's where you need to see the improvement. On top of that, you know, Derek's not here to plug Robert Quinn as Reggie White. But if Demarcus Lawrence... That situation scares the crap out of me because you're taught. I mean, right now, I'm not confident he's going to be completely healthy when the season starts. That's I mean, as it stands right now, I don't know how you can feel confident about that. And if he's not there, the defense won't be as good. Derek doesn't want to hear that. That's OK. He's not here to defend himself. I, I think that the defense will actually be uh, better than the I mean, obviously better than the offense. Because I think that it is a better uh, uh, unit, but I do think that they're going to improve as well. Um, I think the linebackers are going to be even even better, more dynamic, and I think Quinn will help. And I, I do believe D. Law Quinn will both be there together. Um, 
I don't, I'm not saying, I, I wish they would have done something a little bit better in safety, but didn't happen again. The streak continues. Well, keep in mind, I mean, the draft is still there. The draft is there, but if I just. If the top 60 pick is added to the safety position, you might feel better. I might. I might. And, and they haven't really drafted a safety in the second round. Am I missing someone? I can't really. The like, last, the highest pick they've spent on a safety in recent memory was Wilcox. Oh, and that was he pick. He played running back for three years of his career. Pick 85. Yeah. Pick 87. Something like that. Well, maybe maybe that's what they do. Maybe they, they just say, "Hey, second round, we're picking, we're we're taking a safety." Maybe uh, you know you you said it earlier, asked it earlier. I if they're gonna move up for a guy, I could see them moving up. If if Abram is sitting there, I could see them maybe moving up for him because he does seem like a dynamic type of player, um, kind of an I wouldn't say Eric Berry type, but. I mean, he, he he's like a linebacker type guy that that, that can play safety. Um, he would be an interesting guy for me. But I wonder if they'd move up for a pass rusher if this Lawrence thing doesn't fix itself real soon. Like, I mean, they did that for Demarcus Lawrence. The which I wish Brian Broaddus was here so I could yell at him too. They traded up for Demarcus Lawrence because they said he was the last guy on their board who could play right end, and now I'm supposed to believe that he can only play left end and he's not as good because he can't play on the right side. That's bull. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they. Maybe they trade up to get a guy if they really don't feel good about this Demarcus Lawrence thing, because um, that I I just mark it down. I said this last week. Mark it down. Just quote me. I don't care if he's not on this team and healthy. The defense won't be as good. Mm-hmm. It just won't be. I don't. And and that's I'm not trying to disrespect the linebackers or anybody else, but difference making pass rushers are a big deal. They make a difference. They they do. The word <laughs> difference is right, right. there. Yeah. Right. yeah. So when they're not there, yeah, they're, yeah. they're a big big deal. Yep. You, well, no, we're running out of time, but that left me thinking. I'm like, when you said you would think they would go for a pass rusher, I, I mean, what, you trade know, up. Let you know, you can't have enough. They're far apart. They're 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 far. They're they're apart on a deal. To quote Stephen Jones, they're at an impasse. As far as we know, the guy's not planning on getting surgery. It's a lengthy recovery. He was probably going to be limited at a training camp anyway. He definitely will be if he waits much longer to have it. Gregory suspended. Gregory suspended. Tacos, tacos. I don't know and, that yet. He's well, suspended. He's suspended well, yeah, right now. You we don't, don't know when he'll come <laughs> That's back. That's all we know. But you know the Cowboys are hopeful. I... So. But he is suspended <laughs> as of right now. That's an interesting... I mean, you know... Indefinitely. If, if, Indefinitely. This, if this DeMarcus thing goes all the way up to it, I mean, like... you know, And, and I have no idea, but they could rescind the tag. They could mm-hmm. trade him. They could sign him, but then he's out until October because he needs to have surgery. But and let's, then... Let's so, also say could this. draft a defensive but end to try to offset that. Even if he comes and signs tomorrow. Okay, and 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 Gregory is not suspended. Let's just have this best case scenario. And Taco even plays well. And they all play well. Quinn is probably one year deal. He he yeah he can go. Yep. And then you still kind of need somebody there because because you're getting to the point with Gregory, you know, where his contract's going to be up there too. So it, it makes sense that you can always if there's a good pass rusher. Keep them coming. But if the DeMarcus situation is murky, even more, like I'm even more, I would trade significant assets. If a guy that I felt good about was there, I don't think that's likely based on how late they're picking. But well, hopefully they'll be able to do a better evaluation on that position this year because it's disappointing yeah. that they spent the first round on Taco recently and this is it the just year hasn't really paid off. This is maybe, you know, Maybe we'll be sitting back in October like, well, if we'd I known Taco so. was going to have a 10-sack season, Let's hope then so. we wouldn't have been whining about this all spring. Fingers crossed. Well, Anything's possible. Taco, 
There you Garnett. go. There you go. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us again. For Nikki Mint, David Hellman, Ken Garrison back there hiding, and Amber Garcia, this has been Cowboys Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?